Sup, y'all, and welcome to Press On Sports. I'm Jack Vita. Today's going to be a really fun episode of the podcast. We're going to talk some football and a little bit of reality TV. Also want to hear about the Cubs convention. I have a great guest who's going to join me in a second. It's going to be a lot of fun, and right now I have her on the line. Here she is, Rachel Gerhardt. How you doing? Good. Hi, Jack. How's it going? I'm doing good, Rachel. Uh, it's very cold right now in the Midwest. You know what? It's pretty cold in Indianapolis right now. This is about the coldest it's been all winter, really, and it's eight degrees. So tonight it's going to get into the negatives. Looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of Narnia outside right now. See, you know what? There's not a bit of snow on the ground out here. Like, I'm looking at oh. grass. Isn't that strange? But two yeah. hours north, like if you were going towards Chicago or something, it there's like eight to ten inches right now. Yeah, I believe it. I know I have friends in Bloomington, and whenever, like, they get, like, a really hot day in March, and they talk to me, they're like, it's so great out. I'm like, it's 40 out here. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just out in Bloomington yesterday. I was out there for work, and it's it's beautiful, like, I mean, obviously the colors aren't bright and fresh and thriving, but there's no snow on the ground. So we're just kind of fighting the cold out here, trying to survive. <laughs> <laughs> Bloomington's a great town. I'm glad you got my Narnia reference, by the way. Well, obviously, I did have a childhood. <laughs> <laughs> I've been reading those lately. It's been fun. You're trying to have a little nostalgia? Well, I was. Uh, I just thought it'd be fun to look back on all of the spiritual themes and that and whatnot but we'll save that for another time <laughs> okay uh so rachel let's get into let's talk football first and then let's we'll talk. get into everything reality tv related uh you're a big patriots fan i'm sure you're pumped up about what happened over the weekend absolutely that was the most exciting weekend of football of the entire year for me um, Pat's till I die. So <laughs> heck yeah, I'm celebrating and I'm ready to roll. Can't wait. We, we might tick off a lot of people. <laughs> you know Patriots what, Jack, talk. this is nothing new to me. <laughs> See, <laughs> here's the thing. Winners focus on winning and losers focus on winners. So everybody who's out there mad at the Patriots right now, mad at me for supporting them as if I was out on that field, bring it on, bring it on. <laughs> It'll be fun. We'll get into that in a second. But let's talk first about the first game on Sunday. Ugh. Saints and Rams. Crazy game. What a game. Ugh. I, honestly, I do. I love both of those quarterbacks. So that was an exciting game for me. Yeah. Going into overtime, too. Like, woo. Let's hear what you got to say. Okay. So here's what I think. There was that big controversial call at mm -hmm. the end of the game, which was clearly the wrong call. Um, very, very bad call. Let's, let's get, we'll make that clear. Okay. Yeah. Um, that's dominated the discussion all week. It's Friday right now. People are still talking about it. Yep. And the thing is, was it a bad call? Yes. But I don't really like how much credit is being taken away from the Rams from that game. Absolutely. And I don't yeah. And I don't like how much blame is being put on the refs because even after that play, so let's think about that play. Okay. It was third. I think it was like third and eight or third and 10, something like that. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was You're something right. like that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Good. <laughs> <laughs> so they would have gotten a first down, but the big thing is, and yes, they may have been able to get the Rams to burn their timeouts, 
but they, there's still no guarantee that they get into the end zone if they if they were to get that first down. And maybe they they could fumble on the goal line. They were very inefficient in the red zone all game. Even after that play, so they get the field goal, they make the field goal, which, you know, so now they're playing with a lead. All they got to do is keep the Rams out of uh, field goal range, and they allowed the Rams to drive down the field. Jared Goff had a very gutsy performance in that dome with, you know, they had huge home field advantage, the Saints did. Um, so they allowed that to happen, and then they get the ball in overtime, and they turn it over. So I felt like this was a Saints choke at the end of the day. It totally was. And honestly, at the end of the day, we've all not, well, not all of us have played sports, but we've played sports. We get it. You know what? Sometimes refs lose games. Like there's never, anytime a team loses a game, something that the refs did is going to be in the back of their mind as to tying it back to how or why they lost. But you're not wrong. I totally think the Saints chokes. I thought Jared Goff played his tail off. And honestly, all of the Rams, I have been loving Todd Gurley. That was like first round fantasy league football pick for majority of the leagues. Like, yeah, how could you not want to see this team thrive and prosper? It's been so long. I am loving that they're back in L.A. And you know what? Drew Brees is he's obviously I'm saying Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. But Drew Brees is right up there close behind him with Aaron Rodgers. Like it happens. It went into overtime. It wasn't a blowout. It happens. And they had the home field, too. Like, there were so many reasons why they lost that game. They shouldn't have let it get that close when they were playing with a 14-point lead. Mm -hmm. And I don't really like the rhetoric that this team and its fans have been spewing since. I, I think Drew Brees has been the most classy out of everyone. He went up to the podium after the game. He said... You know, we lost. Like, we we blew that. We should have won that game. It's not on the refs. But a lot of the, you know, Sean Payton, some of the players, Cameron Jordan, spewing a lot about the refs. And let's make another thing clear. If you saw in the first half of that game, there were like three different times where they yanked the Rams' face masks and there was no call. Like, there were a lot of no calls in this game, and it wasn't heavily leaning on one side or another. So... I didn't have a huge issue with it other than the fact that, yes, it was the wrong call. (laughs) Yeah, I totally agree. And to be honest, maybe if this was like the Patriots that were involved and I was actually tied emotionally to the situation, then I would care more about it. But like at the end of the day, they lost. (laughs) So a loss is a loss. Let's go on to the next. People can't be, you know, crying about this for much longer. It happens. And if they think that this is going to be the last time that a ref blows a game like that, you're sadly very, very wrong. Yeah. And I, I'll say one other thing, too. I have been a big proponent of we should be allowed to review pass interference calls or potential pass interference calls. Uh, and maybe they'll change their that maybe that'll be the good out of this is that they do allow for that to happen because it's kind of crazy. Tim Allen once said my oh my, my idol. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Here we go. Tim Allen said on his show this past season, he said, it's weird how you can review a uh, little play. They they can take out the camera and they bring out an index, index card to determine if a ball is three inches further or shorter. However, they don't review it on a 50-yard potential game breaking play that is weird and it's weird that you remembered tim allen saying that in a show (laughs) and you held on to that in your brain 
I love it. Whatever. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm, I'm glad we got that out of the way. We had to get that out of the way. I also just want to say, like, one of the coolest parts that I thought about this, the four final teams that are left, like, two of the quarterbacks, <laughs> Jared Goff and Pat Mahomes are both under 25 years old. Like, yeah. These two both are so young, so fresh, and they're playing against almost like a future version of themselves, you know? The veterans, Tom Ooh. Brady and Drew Brees, like, these are the old dogs out here. They're veterans. They've been in the league. They've been doing it for so long, and they're playing both of them against these young, bloods, hungry dogs. Like, I love it, and I just thought that was the coolest thing to me that, you know, those are going to be the, the quarterbacks of the future someday you know in the next generation or so that w- i don't know i just thought that that was something cool to think on yeah definitely i mean we've seen young quarterbacks peak early vince young dante culpepper so there are a lot of guys we don't know what they're if they stay healthy and everything but both of them do in fact look legit so that was cool and definitely I, more so pat mahomes though like he is yeah. one of the most enjoyable quarterbacks to watch at least that i've had in a really long time aside from tom of course come on but <laughs> yeah that dude he's like a magician with the ball he I, even the, when he was playing against us it's so hard to root against the guy because he's just so talented and enjoyable to watch some people call him the magic man that doesn't surprise me it's he's a good like nickname. the hobby He's like the Javi Baez of football. <laughs> like, it doesn't make sense how he's doing what he does, but it's awesome. He's like a superhuman. Yeah. So let's let's get your thoughts on this game. The Patriots had a couple of big drives. Tom did what he does best. And this, <laughs> in my opinion, was the game of the year. This was the game of the year. And I was telling everybody this all weekend. I said, whoever wins this game tonight versus, you know, New England or Kansas City, that the winner of this game is going to win the Super Bowl. Like that, that game was like the Super Bowl for me. Yeah, um, very pot, very likely. And and I was just so stoked with the outcome. I cannot, you can't be frustrated at all as a Patriots fan. I'm obviously, of course, as a Patriots fan, but <laughs> you can't be frustrated with the way that that game went. It was such a roller coaster of emotions. And I drank a coffee in between games. My heart was racing so bad, and I had the shakes. I had the shakes. Oh, my God, it was crazy. It It was so much fun to watch. I didn't have any emotional investment in either game, but I'm someone that I I don't hate the Patriots because you have to... I I don't want to get too much into this, but what they have done over the last 18 years, in my opinion, has been good for football. Of course it has. They've made history, like... Like them or hate them, Bill Belichick and Tom Brady are two of the most key components to the NFL right now. I would say so, for sure. <laughs> like they, they're not they're just like historians of sports in my eyes. What they've done, both of them, in coaching and in playing, like it's monumental. It's very comparable to Michael Jordan and Phil Jackson, those exactly. two together. Exactly. And that's what bothers me when people try to say, oh, well, it's either Tom's the best quarterback or Brady's the best coach. It can't be one or the other. But you mean what Belichick. Coach- yeah, sorry, what did I say? <laughs> Brady. <laughs> you said Tom's the best quarterback and Brady's the best coach. 
Whatever works. Oh, man, it's still the morning for me. I can already it's, see the weekend. See, in, in, in that statement, like, it's no question for me. It shouldn't be one or the other. Like, for most people, if you hate the Patriots, you're not going to agree with either statement. But if you can at least respect what they're doing as a team and, and their stats and their <laughs> their gameplay over time, you know, it's like just at least accept it. People still accept that. The ones who also said that, you know, Michael Jordan was the best, even if they hated Michael Jordan at the time. Now they know looking back like, yeah, wow, not going to see that too often again. And it's going to be the same case when Tom's done. Yeah, a lot of people will say one's the greatest, one isn't. or But we don't do that with Phil Jackson and Michael Jordan. And I think it just goes to show how important both roles are. Those two, quarterback and coach, are probably the two most important spots in football. And you can have someone great in both those spots. It doesn't have to be one or the other. Right. And when you do have somebody great in both of those spots, you know, someone who's like truly great, that's what happens when you look at what's happened over the last decade with the Patriots dynasty, you know? Yeah. And what, I mean, you obviously. You control it. They're controlling the whole NFL. The other thing is obviously, like, what is the role of a coach? If we're just saying, oh, yeah, Brady's the best, like, he needs a good coach, like, <laughs> especially in football. So that whole thing is just ridiculous to me. Totally is. Uh, but that was a great game. Another thing now, Rachel, is it's annoying. We can't come away from these two games just saying, wow, those were two great games. We have to make the conversation about, oh, the overtime rule should be different. And once oh, again, yeah. <laughs> once again, I have a similar stance on the Chiefs that I do on the Saints here. But the Chiefs didn't complain. They're very classy. Well, I mean, if, the, if they were the same rules as like college football, both of those games could have had a different ending. Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Well, not the Saints game because the Saints did start with the ball. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing, like, in the sense of entertainment, I think it would be more entertaining for both teams to touch the ball. But I don't necessarily think that one team starting with the ball, the w- I don't think that the way we have it right now is unfair. Because no. if the Chiefs just get a stop, they're going to have a lot of, they're going to have good field position. All they need to do is kick a field goal to win the game. Right. Do your job, play defense when you need to play defense. Yeah, and if you can't do that, then maybe you shouldn't be in the Super Bowl. Exactly. I am not disappointed at all with this outcome. I mean, I would have liked to see the Bears go a little bit further. That was kind of sad, but I'm pumped. I'm very pumped to play the Rams. Yeah, that's going to be fun. I, I know a lot of people around here are very upset about the Bears. I My team didn't even make the playoffs, so I've, <laughs> I haven't had a team in these playoffs at all. Yeah, the Steelers are having their, themselves a little ride, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so that will be a conversation for another day. Uh, do you have any other thoughts just on the games from the weekend? Anything you want to say before the Super Bowl? Because I don't think I'm going to be talking to you again until after the Super Bowl. You're probably not wrong about that, and I do have <laughs> something to say. People just need to know, Tom Brady is out there listening to 50 Cent. This dude is ready to go. Like little Jared Goff, he has no idea what he is about to have coming for the guy. You know, Rex Burkhead, 
Rob Gronkowski, Julian Edelman, Sonny, all the guys out there, they don't stand a chance. And I know that the boys are getting fired up right now, and everybody just needs to know Pat Super Bowl 53 champs. <laughs> there we go. There you have it. You've heard it right here. I'm not surprised by that prediction. Uh, I think it's going to be a great game. I want to throw one interesting statistic out there. You may have seen me tweet this the other day, Rachel. Do you see my tweet about the Patriots in the Super Bowl? I don't know. Please refresh me. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So there have been, in the new millennium, there have been 18 Super Bowls, okay? The Correct. Patriots have played in eight of them. All eight of those games have been a one-score game. And then... <laughs> The other 10 games, without them, only three of those have been a one-score game. So we've had a lot of blowouts when the Patriots aren't playing in the Super Bowl. That's interesting. I did not see that. Yeah, I did a little research there. I thought it was interesting. So are you, are you trying to predict that this is going to be a close one? Yeah, it, it always is with the Patriots. It's always more interesting with <laughs> them. It feels like a bigger event to have them there. And I, I'm, I'm happy that they're there. I, it. Oh, the other thing, Rachel, is if you were to talk about what would you say is the the best Super Bowls of your lifetime that you remember, at least a few of them? So, yeah, top three would totally be um, number three, Colts and Bears, two, Pats and Atlanta, and number one, Pats and Seahawks. Interesting. I would not have, I, I would think the Bears thing is because your family is Bears fans. Yeah, and we, that was just like such an exciting time for where we lived because I was yeah. born and grew up a little bit for the early years of my life in Chicago and then moved to Indiana, of course. So we just had a huge party and the atmosphere was great. Everybody was shooting off fireworks and like no matter who won or lost the game, like people were happy. I, I could have cared regardless, you know. <laughs> so that was more about the atmosphere. Yeah, the atmosphere of the actual game. Totally. Yeah, because what I'm thinking is the best games of our lifetime watching these games, I would say the Atlanta game, the um, the F Seahawks game, uh, those two that you had, and then maybe even better than both of them was the first time the Patriots lost to the Giants. That was an insane game. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was. I wouldn't put that <laughs> in my top three just because, you know, I don't... I don't hold any good memories to that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> and then the other two that really come to mind, uh, I think those are the top three in terms of games. And then the two right behind it, I would say, were the other Patriots game where they lost to the Giants. That was another great game. And then the Steelers and Cardinals, which I'm not, I, I'm cautious to put that at the very top because I have a little bias there. But that was a great game in terms of lead changes. Yeah, absolutely. What are we what are we going at here? The best games are when the Patriots are in there. So you should want to have them in there this next week. It's going to be so much fun. I can't wait. No, it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a great game. People, of course, are probably going to sit there and watch the game and talk crap about both teams. But <laughs> you know what? You, at the end of the day, you know it's going to be a good game regardless. And Tom is going to put on a show. And if you can't appreciate his talent, then maybe... Maybe you don't know football too well. Yeah, maybe football isn't the sport for yeah. you then. <laughs> maybe football's not your forte. <laughs> yeah, all these people that are like, I'm going to boycott the Super Bowl because of these calls. Uh, what percentage of those people do you think are going to actually watch the game? <laughs> 90%. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. 
it's the it's the outrage culture. People got to be mad about something all the time, and especially if it's with the Patriots. Yeah, you know what? I think everybody's just getting a little bit too soft these days. Nobody really, <laughs> nobody really, uh, nobody really can just kind of take the heat anymore, and everybody's got something to say and put out there, and social media kind of gives them that platform and. This is why we live in a hostile society. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like the analysis there. All right. You know? Rachel. Oh, go ahead. No, I just said, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, gosh, I started to say reality right. and Rachel in the same word. Uh, potato, potato. <laughs> okay, Rachel, I got to ask you, because I know you went to Cubs convention this past weekend. I saw mm-hmm. your Instagrams and... Also, you went last year, too, I want to say? Yeah, this was my fourth year in a row. Wow, four years in a row. So the first year you would have went was 2016? I went the year before we won the World Series. Okay, so that would have been right when the team was starting to get good. Yeah, exactly. It was the year right when we signed John Lester. Oh, wait, so that was before the year. So that was uh, 2015. Oh, interesting. Okay, yep. so maybe, have you been five years then? 15, 16, 17. Shoot, man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think math is my forte. <laughs> <laughs> that 15 team, honestly, was my favorite of the teams we've had so far because it was such a surprise, like a pleasant surprise to see the team play so well, and there really wasn't much stress and pressure because I think people are just more grateful to be playing competitive baseball after a long time of not having that. And I went to spring training that year for the first time. So that's a special year for me too. I loved that team. Please bring back Dexter Fowler, David Ross, (laughs) Miguel Montero. I loved those guys. I don't think Miguel Montero is coming back. No, of course he's not. He's got bad blood. But you know what? I loved Miggy, and I'll never forget that Grand Slam. So keep him moving. Yeah, I won't either. So let me ask you, how was it? I mean, what has drawn you to Cubs convention? Because I haven't been able to go yet. I mean, I'm sure it's a good time. Uh, I don't have much money. Uh, but I was just wondering, uh, how is it? Tell, tell people about it, because I'm sure there are a lot of people who don't know who like the Cubs who listen to this podcast and don't know what it's about. Right, exactly. So the Cubs convention is in downtown Chicago, and it is hosted every year at the Sheraton Hotel. So a lot of times people will just, you know, get a hotel room in the hotel, and then there's different floors in the hotel um, that host the convention. So you don't even really have to go outside or travel much if you do it right. So very cool. The way it's set up is you register when you get there and you get a drawstring backpack that has like the schedule for the weekend, like when different conferences are occurring, and then you get a voucher card. And it's kind of like a scratch off lottery ticket. And when you scratch it off, it will contain either like a five dollar off like a t shirt or if you're lucky, it'll say like free autograph at stage B at 10 o'clock and then you'll check your schedule and see like oh who's at stage B at 10 o'clock and that's when you get to do these meet and greets with players so over the years I have only won two of those meet and greets first one was with John Lester second one was with Carlos Zambrano so I've got to meet some cool people (laughs) um 
And then (laughs) within that schedule of the day, there's different activities. A lot of the times it's like press conferences. Like you could sit in on a conference with um, like previous kind of like the old stars of the Cubs. Um, You can sit in on coaching press conferences where the coaches kind of break down the season and you get to see them interact like with the fans on a different level than you kind of see them doing when they're in interviews in the media. Um, Yes, get a little more personality out of them. There's a part of the day, like kind of one of my highlights, was every year they do this thing called the, the kids' press conference. And it's like kids like 10 years old and under will line up and they'll be handed a microphone and then there's a panel of players and the players have to answer whatever the kids ask. And the kids, obviously, like they ask the most, the darndest things. They are just hilarious. They ask the craziest things, and it's it's very, very funny. So this year on the panel was Chris Bryant, Kyle Schwarber, Javi Baez, and Bodie. And um, normally Rizzo's up there because Rizzo is so great with the kids, but this year he was on his honeymoon, and during the kids' conference, he FaceTimed Chris, and they gave him a microphone. I don't know. It was cute. It was really fun. And then, you know... <laughs> Aside from doing all of the conferences, they do like a huge, big, huge game of bingo where you can win like historic flags that have flown over Wrigley Field and sign baseballs. And it is a really, really good time. But this year, the, the this has been like on my bucket list for the last couple of years since I've been going. Kyle Schwarber is my favorite baseball player on the Cubs. <clears throat> Number 12, <laughs> just like Tom Brady. Schwarbs. Schwarbs. I have always wanted to see him or meet him or something. Like, I just, I love the guy. So, I've never been able to. Well, this year, I tried to kind of play it a little different. And 670, the score, always has a, a booth set up where they do live reporting throughout the whole Cubs convention. And if you're lucky, sometimes you could catch, like, you know, one of the main players of the Cubs there getting interviewed. So, I went over and I kind of started schmoozing the ladies who were <laughs> on the score and I was like, hey, so like, who, uh, who do you guys have as your guests coming up? And they said, well, Kyle Schwerber will be here at 3 o'clock. So I'm like, done. Went and got myself a hot dog <laughs> and some chips, and I posted up like right in the front row, directly so in like the middle. like a concert there, what you would do. Yeah, but it was short. Like, nobody knew that he was going to be there, so there was only oh. like 10 or 12 of us. Wow. It was crazy. Nobody knew. So <laughs> I'm just posted up there eating a hot dog, chilling. Right in the middle, there's a guy standing next to me in a Cubs Nacho Libre outfit. (laughs) (laughs) People really go all out for this thing. And boom, there's Schwarber right in front of me, five feet away. Did you get to talk to him? No, because I could tell like he was sitting there and the guy in the Nacho Libre outfit was being extremely rude and disruptive throughout their... Yeah, throughout their interview. So he was getting pretty frustrated. And and then there were, like, three little kids standing next to me who wanted their baseball signed. So I just, you know, respected the situation and shot him a polite wink and left. (laughs) But that was, like, the highlight of my whole trip. I love him so much. And, like, just I I, I waved and he kind of acknowledged it a little bit. And (laughs) it was just enough for me to get satisfied. I'm fine. It was fine. I'm good. (laughs) It was a really good time. It was a blast. If you're a Cubs fan, you should totally give it a try. Check it out. Um, just know it's kind of like a big party. There's people there of all ages, and 
I would recommend you get a hotel at the Sheraton, grab a couple of your buddies, bring a cooler, and buckle up because it's totally a ride. Cool. That sounds awesome. Let me ask you real quick, your favorite interaction you've had with a Cubs player? Ever. Ever. So my first Cubs convention ever was incredible. I had a good group that was with me, and in my bag, that's when I got my voucher with John Lester. And... (laughs) This was hysterical. I was standing in the line to go up there and get a meet and greet. And this is when they really didn't have any kind of strict rules with how you can interact during these meet and greets. So I went up there with like, you know, a nice photo of him, a couple baseball cards. Like I had this guy sign like seven different things. (laughs) And um, right before I'm about to get up there, a woman goes up there before me and she falls off the stage. And it was kind of like absolutely like hilarious, but it was also kind of shocking because it was like the stage was like five feet off the ground. She had a good fall. Oh, so no. John, John helps her up and it was hilarious. And uh, I go up there and I kind of like made a joke about the woman falling and we laughed for a second. I was like, oh, I'm so pumped to watch you play. Like, I hope that I hope that you could get the ball out of the, your glove. And he, he started cracking up. He said, well, you're just the most beautiful girl I've had. <laughs> I've had come through this line all day. And I wow. like froze up. I froze. I froze. <laughs> I froze. I didn't know what to say or do. So I just like giggled and took a selfie with him and went back. Totally the highlight of any of convention I've had, though. He was so nice. Oh, it was just really great. Now he didn't even make it to the convention this year because I think he's he's a little antisocial. He's a he's like a shy little puppy dog. He's very he sweet. really is. Yeah, that was totally that convention. I don't know what he had in his tea that morning, but he was very <laughs> nice and very social. And that was just totally a great memory for me. I'm going to tell you real quick my favorite Cubs interaction with a player. Do you want to guess which player it was? I would guess. I've posted a picture with him on Instagram like five different times. Probably Chris Bryan. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. <laughs> So it was, I'm going to tell a story. It was, I went to spring training that same year, 2015. He hadn't been brought up to the show yet. And when we were at spring training, this was when the whole big story was, are they going to let him play on opening day? Because on his contract, he'll have another year of service time. Scott Boris, his agent, was really fighting with the Cubs front office about this. So, but everyone knew this guy's going to be a huge star. We went to a spring training practice and I went with my dad and my brother. There was like no one there. It was free. You could just go to that practice and there were like 20 people at most there, maybe 30. There was just no one there. It was like watching a little league practice, basically. Wow. (laughs) So he, they would all walk down this path. At least most of them. Some of them would zip off in a golf cart. And it would be over to where they would play their spring training games and where their um, locker room was and stuff. So he was walking up the path or down the path. I don't remember which way he was walking. But then a, like the 10 people who were there were like, oh, I got to get a picture with him. I got to get an autograph. So the guy who talked to him before me was like, Hey Chris, like I just want to say you're handling like this whole situation with the Cubs like a champ over the service time. Like thank you, just stay patient, whatever. And the guy, Chris is just like, dude, it's cool. I don't care, no worries. Like it's fine. Like it's not a big deal. He's so laid back. He's just like he's Las Vegas, but he seems kind of like a surfer bro type. 
He's totally <laughs> laid back. And he, like, shows that side of him, too, at the conventions. It's really cool. That's so cool, though, yeah. that you got to meet him like well, that. Yeah, so this is, there's still more to this story. Um, so then. My goodness. <laughs> so then he gets to me in line. He signs a baseball for me and takes a picture. And my dad is, he would always, like, whenever he finds out something, like, there's someone he likes that's famous, he tries to read up on obscure things about them. Okay. So he was, like, he read some blog, and it was, like, 20 interesting facts about Chris Bryant, the Cubs' top prospect. And Ooh. one of them said he loves to play songs on his guitar by Taylor Swift. So my dad was, like, you got to ask him about that. So I said... Chris, what's your favorite song on guitar to play by Taylor Swift? And he says, he's like, ooh, that's a tough one. <laughs> I, it's honestly, it's been a while, but I love the new album, which was the... Um, Red? The, no, it was the one after that. Uh, what was that one called? 1989. Oh, okay. But he's a, I guess he's a, he really likes Taylor Swift. He just seemed... He's such a nice guy. Yeah, Very down he really to earth. is. So, that was fun. Totally. <laughs> How's this for a transition? If Chris Bryant was not married, he would be the perfect person to be The Bachelor on ABC. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love that. I would love that. <laughs> But he is, and now we have <laughs> Colton Underwood as The Bachelor. Rachel, in or out on this season? How are you feeling about it so far? I am out on this season. I am out. If you would have listened to the first podcast that we did, talking about the boys on The Bachelorette, I was, like, drooling for Colton. But <laughs> let me tell you, now I am I'm just kind of over it. I think that he is super soft. And kind of awkward. Not like the kind of cute, fun awkward. Like, no. Like, actually awkward. Um, and I think that he didn't really get lucky with the bunch of girls that he has. Like, I have two favorites and that's about it. I'm pretty confident that at least one of my two will win. But I just want something to finally happen. I kind of feel like so far it's just slow and boring. Let's hear. Who, who do you like? My favorite is Cassie. I love Cassie. She's kind of that surfer chick from Huntington Beach. Yeah. And then my second favorite is Kaylin. She was the runner-up for Miss USA. And yeah. coincidentally, the two of them are, like, really good friends on the show. They're kind of like the JoJo and Becca. Um, and they both have really good connections with him. I would like Cassie to win. That's kind of my pick for the season. So, fingers crossed. Have they shown much of Cassie? I feel like I've kind of skipped around the last couple episodes. So I feel like I haven't seen too much of her, but she does seem like a good one. Totally. No, they haven't. She hasn't had a one-on-one -on -one date yet. She has had like, she's had some good moments with him. And he said that, you know, he, he gets butterflies when he's with her and she feels like home and whatever, but hopefully she does something or Hannah G. I guess if I had a top three, I'd put Hannah G up there as well. She's kind of sweet. They, those do seem like the, favorites by the public so far so we will see how they fare i have to say though i did read a spoiler on what's going to happen this season oh my god uh, so i'm not going to say who i think's going to win or anything like that but i was you already know who's going to win i know well i know how it's going to end i should say oh dear <laughs> 
I, I'm not going to say anything. What I was feeling the same way you did through the first two episodes in terms of I'm out on this. I want to see what's going to happen on this season. And there's some blog. I don't even know if Reality Steve was the one who broke all this, but there's a it's on Newsweek or something like that, and it's got what's going to happen in every single episode. So I'm sort of like a la carte with this season. I'm skimming around, seeing what I'm going to like. I wanted to know when the fence jump was going to happen. So I'm really looking forward to that. That actually does sound like that's going to deliver in the promos. They Honestly, the way they promoted that was so extra. Like, <laughs> I know. He jumps the fence and a woman screams bloody murder <laughs> like she just got stabbed. Like, okay, <laughs> the dude has literally been hounded with cameras. He's probably totally emotional and just wants to literally go for a walk with no cameras around. And the only way to do that is to hop a fence and get away. Like, obviously, he's going to come back. They made the preview like a horror movie, like, Colton. Colton, where are you? <laughs> Screaming into a dark cornfield. Like, I'm sure he's not in there. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where he is, but that I wanted. To, I honestly just wanted to know when's that going to happen. What does the del- moment actually deliver? Because they always spoil what's going to happen by the promos right. to keep you around. So right. I want to know: is this one actually going to live up to the hype, or is it just going to be a minor thing? It actually does sound like it's going to be pretty unique, so I'm looking forward to that. But if you want to know when it, do you want me to say, like, if it's going to happen soon or not, or do you want me to leave that ambiguous? Just say if it's soon. Not soon. I didn't think it would be soon. Yeah, so they're going to drag that out for a while. Yeah, I don't know. I think that he's kind of just a big cheese ball. He's, like, very (laughs) cheesy to me, and I think that... At first, I thought Demi was hilarious, and now she's pretty annoying, but I love that they always have one girl who's kind of stirring the pot. She's pretty funny to me, so Demi's all right. And I know that you texted me uh, something about Hannah, Miss Alabama girl. I want her to go. Oh, my God. I think she's (laughs) just got crazy written all over her. I think she's just crazy and got to go. (laughs) She's totally jealous of Kaylin, everything. Kaylin gets a rose before her. She's jealous. Kaylin wins a challenge. She's jealous. Like, you can't go on a show like that if you're a jealous person. Let's get it. Yeah, it's really interesting because you can tell her motives are coming from insecurity and anxiety, I think. I don't think they're coming from a place of maliciousness and trying to really bully someone. But... What she has done hasn't been the right thing. But I'm I'm actually enjoying to see like a little rivalry brewing. Uh, we'll see how catty it gets, but that actually was starting to that that was really interesting part of the last episode for me. Yeah, I don't know. I, I really do like the drama. I think it's absolutely hysterical. Just how <laughs> how I keep saying soft, but like it's true, like how soft these girls are. Demi is hilarious, like what is she? She's 23. The oldest woman in the house is 31. And she called them cougars. And like half of America literally <laughs> lost their mind. Okay. <laughs> obvious. Like I have a very aggressive humor like that too. And when people get offended by my humor, it's kind of like the same way she reacts. Like, come on now. Like, like what, like, what is she going to do? Say sorry. And not even mean it. I don't know. I think that she's really funny and sure. She's totally aggressive with her actions. Not only like how she talks, totally aggressive with her actions but like 
There's a whole, there's 30 different women there. There's obviously going to be different kinds of girls and she just has that personality. So yeah, we need to have someone stirring the pot and making it interesting. I, Demi hasn't really resonated with me yet just because I feel like it's a knockoff version of Corinne. Like I'd just much rather have Corinne there, but. Oh, I loved Corinne. I loved Corinne. I thought she was hysterical and like, she that's just who she is she stayed true to herself and demi's doing the same thing like she's a little bit crazy but she's staying true to herself that's just her personality so i think it's good entertainment i know you already know that she's probably not gonna make it that far and then when she gets kicked off she's gonna you know she's gonna blow up and probably make hundreds of thousands of dollars from endorsements and all the attention she's gonna get so yeah that's just the way it works paradise oh yeah she'll be there she'll be there yeah i i actually so I'm not loving the season all that much. I thought the last episode was the best episode so far, but I actually think Colton's been a pretty good bachelor so far. Um, he has. He has. I think he's a big upgrade over Ari and Nick. Oh, absolutely. I actually like the fact that Colton is very authentic in terms of dealing with the girl's emotions. Like when the Hannah and Kaylin thing broke out, the look on his face was so priceless. He has no poker face. I think that's really good. And I do think he cares a lot about not wanting to really hurt the girls. Like, I think he's going to send girls home if he feels like, look, I don't want to... Like he, I think he's looking out for them. Like It's almost like when he was dealing with that Hannah thing, it felt like he was like their, her dad. It was really funny. Wow, that's weird. I did not get that vibe. <laughs> but I will say he definitely is a better bachelor than Nick and Ari. Um, yeah. Who were both very disingenuous. Oh, God, they sucked. Say. Yeah. Here's my thing, though. Like, with the whole situation with Hannah and Kaylin arguing, Colton got very invested in that and, like, wanted to go investigate so much. What I don't understand is, like, who cares can't he just in his mind know like, okay, girls fight about really stupid stuff sometimes. And then when that <laughs> yes, happens, majority of the time, one of the girls will twist the story or exaggerate something and make the other one seem way worse than she is. And then it's just a never ending cycle. Like he just has to get over the fact that the two of them don't like each other. But does that really affect him at all? No, who cares? You know, get rid of one of them and keep rolling, man. I just think yeah. that he, I think it's good that he does care a lot. I think it's good that he's investing a lot of his emotions and his energy and whatever into the situation. But at the end of the day, like, have some, like, mental strength here and, and just feel out the situation. Weave out the ones that you don't like and keep rolling with it. See, I, I thought there was a little bit of producer interference in that case because whenever there's a feud, the TV, the people making TV, they want to carry it on. They want it to last a couple weeks. So I felt like they were probably saying, all right, now what do you feel? How do you feel about this? And how do you feel about this part and her response? And now we have to get you them talking. You have to talk to them some more. So I don't know how much of that was him. Um, but I don't blame him for being very tired out from that. Yeah. He just straight up said to Hannah, like, all right, I need some time. I got to go. And just like got up and left and walked away. I would have done that like 10 minutes ago. I I just, (laughs) the whole show is about him finding love and his emotions. Like if I was in his position, I think I would be a little bit more stubborn and be like, all right, you know what? Go, go pull yourself together and we'll figure this out later. 
Like, I'm over it. I don't know. I just think I miss when everybody wasn't trying to, like, pick a fight with each other. And, like, I like the competition aspect of it, but I just think that what they're making television about and the drama that they're putting a spotlight on is whack. Like, it's, all, <laughs> it's just stupid drama. See, that's how I feel. It depends. You have to walk a fine line with the drama. I think you have to have a little bit to make it interesting, but you can't have too much. And I've watched, um, I know you're a big fan of The Challenge. I've watched a little bit of that recently, some of the older seasons. And the drama on that is just, I just can't deal with that. See, it's too over the top. That kind of drama is like way better for me, though, because that's like drama that is sparked through like aggressive aggressive like crap talking and beatdowns and challenges and in the bachelor house it's like these girls are literally upstairs curling in a ball crying in a closet because somebody went up to Colton and said hey can I have some time all right now let's go upstairs and cry oh you call me a cougar <laughs> oh let's go upstairs and cry in the challenge if they say something like that their opponent is gonna fire back with something even harder and then take them into the challenge arena and go on one-on-one with them you know they fight it out yeah and they're just the battle uh, it's just totally two different kinds of breeds of people you know yeah yeah so uh, any other thoughts you got on bachelor we could talk a little big brother or do you want to ask me about anything on bachelor (laughs) who are your top picks well i'm not going to give picks because i know what happens but Okay, what I will say, based on the edit so far, I think that, and this is me reading the edit. This has nothing to do with what I know. The edit could be totally wrong, and the information I have could be totally wrong. But I've watched a lot of different reality shows. Basically, I the sense I get is the characters that we've spent a lot of time on so far, they seem like ones that are going to kind of fight each other out. And there's going to be someone who we haven't seen too much of so far. Like, that's the edit I get. I think someone who may, maybe like Hannah G, in the sense she got the first impression rose. Yeah. But since then has been kind of, you know, calmly sitting back, hasn't done a whole lot. I think she's someone... I actually do think Kaylin, um, despite this drama, the edit she's getting seems to be much more favorable than Hannah's um, because we aren't, if based on edit, if Hannah were to be the one that were going to outlast Kaylin, then we would see Kaylin in more of a negative light. And I think Kaylin's been had a more favorable edit. So that that's where I'm at with this. I think she's sitting pretty for a while. I don't think Kaylin has anything to worry about, but we'll see, I guess. This dude's head is all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> and then... The ones I like, I like the never been kissed girl. She seems very nice. I don't think she's going to be one of the last remaining women, but I think she's interesting and she seems like a very nice person. Heather. Heather, yes. Heather. <laughs> yeah, she does seem sweet. She has very, very pretty hair. Oh yeah. She she you knows she's a little bit like Kendall. I she reminds uh, me a little of Kendall, just in the sense of like California. That's what I get from without, Cassie. Oh, okay. Totally. Well, I get the, like, I, I think they, both of those girls that are on this season, Heather and Cassie, have that sort of laid-back persona to them. But also, I don't think either of them have the quirks that 
<laughs> Kendall does. Kendall's a very interesting I love her. person. And maybe we'll maybe we'll see with them. I mean, we we haven't seen too much of them, but I think they both have that sort of sweet persona that Kendall has. That's very like kind-hearted and the way like the way Kent, Kendall handled Crystal last year with compassion. I could see them being like that. Totally could see that. Uh, while we're on the topic, Kendall and Joe still together. Love them. And <laughs> Joe is just the biggest hunk in the world to me. All right. <laughs> okay. If you had the choice, uh, you could marry Joe, Kyle Schwarber, or Johnny Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to put Brady in there because Brady's on another level from everyone else. But one of those three, which would you pick? Oh, this is tough. Um, I'm going to weave out Johnny Bananas. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be more like someone you'd want to hang out with. Here's the thing. With. my One of my first crushes was CT. So CT would have been a better oh. choice. I love CT. Yeah, I haven't seen too much of him on the challenge, but I know he's a beast. That's Schwarber and Joe. Schwarber and Joe. Um, here's the thing. Schwarber is a cub, and that would just, like, make my whole life. But I, like, <laughs> I think Joe is just the cutest human, and I know, uh, I don't know. It's Schwarber. It's Schwarber. <laughs> I was going to say, if Joe was a left fielder, would that change anything for you? Yeah. It's not even a left fielder, <laughs> because I think the most, I, I would probably want, like, a, a pitcher or, like, a first baseman. Yeah, I... I don't know if he's that big to Joe? be a first baseman or pitcher. He seems like he's big. Yeah, how he's tall, tall is he? Like he's over six foot. He's I'd say he's is probably he? like six three, six four. And Schwarbs okay. isn't. Schwarbs is like mate. Yeah, he's like five eleven. Oh, all right. Well, maybe he's six foot. I don't know. He I, yeah, looks I short. thought I thought Schwarbs was a little bigger than that, but I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's short. Okay. All right. Well, that's that's a good conversation for the Bachelor. Uh, lastly, we have to talk a little bit about Celebrity Big Brother. You're a big fan of regular Big Brother, correct? Yeah, I watch regular Big Brother. Like I've watched it for the last couple years. Love it. I'm going to put my two cents in real quick, and then I'm going to let yeah. you kind of take it yeah, away. Yeah, we, we can fight over this. This will be fun. Yeah, so Celebrity Big Brother isn't my favorite. You sent me previously like a spoiler list of who you thought was going to be on, and I wish that that was the cast that actually was on this season. <laughs> yeah. Um, so all week for the last week, there's been an episode Monday, like four days a week or whatever. Um, yeah. So I missed the first episode. And at the beginning of each next episode, they do a recap. So I just tuned into the second episode and watched the recap. Um, and I didn't even make it through the whole episode. I turned it off. I just <laughs> I was so bored. I hate the celebrities on it. They have a totally different mentality and game plan than normal Big Brother. Um I don't, I'll, I'll probably tune in here and there just to see who's still in it, but Team Ryan Lochte all day. All right, <laughs> over to you, Jack. Ryan Lochte talking on there, he sounds like, I don't know if you're going to understand this reference, but have you seen the Saturday Night Live sketches with Kyle Moody and Beck Bennett in them where they do the spoofs of the Big Brother? No. And they also do spoofs of 90 sitcoms? No. Well, Ryan Lochte, you're going to have to watch these sketches. Just look it up on YouTube. He looks like the perfect blend between the two of, like, how 90 sitcom actors act. Totally. Like, how, they're, how cheesy they are. And I love 90 sitcoms, by the way. <laughs> full House all the way. Oh, yeah. Full House was great. <laughs> but that's but funny, yeah. 
Yeah, he's he's really he hams it up, but the way he sounds, it sounds like he's acting, but not very good at acting. It's really funny. Yeah, I don't know the dude from Mean Girls. He was just like driving me nuts, and him and Ryan Lochte are like really tight buddies. And there's a WWE diva on there who drives me nuts. Yeah. I used to watch Total Divas, <laughs> and I hated her on that show. Now I can't stand that she's on here, and I just don't. I'm not crazy about the cast. I think yeah, Ryan you're not Lock- a big Lolo Jones fan either. Oh, my God. Okay, so, yeah, Lolo Jones was the most annoying person on the challenge <laughs> when she made her appearance. So she was on, they do, like, a Champs versus Stars season, which is kind of like Celebrity Big Brother, where they take, like, the best champions from the challenge, and then they'll put them up against a handful of celebrities willing to compete, and then the winning money goes to charity. Well, she was on it. She drove me nuts. Her, she just has, I don't know how old she is. I think she's in her later 20s. She's Um, like 35. 35? Yeah, she looks pretty good. Wow. Good for her. (laughs) Anyways, she's 35 years old, and she's not good at, like, building alliances in the smart way. She never pairs herself up with the right people, and I guarantee she's going to get herself sent home. Well, she was uh, getting into it with Ryan Lochte. It was funny. Here's the thing, Rachel. I am here for the uh, the craziness of Celebrity Big Brother. It's very similar to Celebrity Apprentice in the sense of The Apprentice, the original Apprentice, I thought was a great show. Honestly, one of the best reality shows of all time. In the heyday of reality TV, it was amazing. It was a number one rated show on NBC. It was a great show. And then all of a sudden, Celebrity Apprentice came around. And I was like, what is this? Like, this is such a mess. And I I watched maybe the first season, enjoyed it a little bit. But I'm like, this just isn't as good as regular Apprentice. And then a few years later, I came back. And eventually, like, I don't know. I think if you're a big fan of a show, and then you see the show done very, very differently, and just very cheesy and over the top, you're it ruins it yeah and you're a little defensive of the show because you're like oh man like the show is much better this way yeah but then i started to be like well it's kind of like a fun parody of what the show is and then you start to just sort of embrace it as a hot mess that it is and it can be hilarious yeah that's totally the case that it is right now but i just think like the group of people that they have and in the situation that they're in the challenges that they have in the atmosphere of the show, like they just didn't get a good group of people to make good entertainment there. I think it's just slow and boring and none of the, there's nobody's stirring the pot. Nobody like they're just doing the typical, it's almost like the stereotypical idea of what big brother is. Like they're not playing smart. They're playing like the way that they think that they should play, how they're supposed to play. So I'm just not entertained by it. I'll probably let like two or three more episodes skip by and then tune in like halfway through this. Yeah, that be that might be a good strategy. I mean, it's only on for three weeks, so if this was like exactly. a full summer thing, I would not be watching it. But it's no just kind chance. of a fun three and a half week event. My mom has gotten into it. We've watched every episode, and honestly, the last episode, the pot really, really was starting to stir. The tides are turning on Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls. All right, <laughs> and. Here, here are just a few things that happened in the last episode. Lolo and Natalie Eva Marie, the diva, started mm-hmm. talking about a final two alliance, only to realize that Tamar Braxton, uh, the singer, songwriter, 
was in the room listening to the conversation the whole time. Oh my gosh. See, that's so typical of her. She's a space cadet. So then they start talking about it. And then Tamar says like, yeah, you know, if you, uh, if you're going to leave me out of the mix, I'll punch you in the throat. And then she does her big laugh like, (laughs) and Lolo's like, whoa, that's not cool. You threatened to punch me in the throat. Like, I, I don't know if I could trust you now. Like, she just gets so over Right, like, <laughs> come on, get over it. <laughs> Typical Lolo. <laughs> and that doesn't surprise me that Eva Marie did that dumb move. Like, come on. It's a bedroom. Did you see, were you watching the part where Tom Green, the Canadian actor, or, well, comedian from uh, MTV, I don't know if you ever watched his old MTV show back in the day or if you're familiar with him, but he makes a he says something in one of the last couple episodes where he's like, Jonathan Bennett was in Mean Girls because it's the only thing he talks about. That doesn't surprise <laughs> me. That's literally like the only thing that dude has been in. <laughs> I, I'm enjoying it. Uh, it's not for everyone. If you're a big fan of regular Big Brother, I can understand if you're not into this, but I'm enjoying it. And it's been fun. There's uh, it's been a great time to watch TV, honestly. Yeah, right now my main shows are season three of True Detective, Incredible, um, Riverdale. Have you seen any of the True Detectives? No, I. Oh my god! I typically only watch comedies or reality TV because I'm not like a big time binger type where I get invested in a really long plot. I just kind of come in and out for the comedy and laughs and entertainment. All right. We're two totally different people then. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, True Detective, Riverdale, um, Challenge is starting back up in a couple weeks. I'm rolling. I'm ready. Super Bowl. Survivor Survivor will be back in maybe a month or so. I'll probably give that a shot. I used to watch it. Yeah. The last... Well, we'll save Survivor for another day. Yeah, we'll save that one for another day. But great time. So much college basketball on. Uh, Football, the Super Bowl. I mean, we're running out of football, but spring training's right around the corner. And I have no... Because of the weather, because of how cold it is, I believe it's negative two out right now in Chicago. I have no issue with staying inside the house and feeling like a couch potato for a little bit. Well, I... I'm a ball of energy, and I am ready to go and get out in the cold and frolic around this city. I'm going to have a weekend. You have yourself a binging weekend, and you should check out True Detective because season one is really incredible. All right. I mean, I got a lot of shows on my plate at the moment in terms of what I've been watching on Hulu, (laughs) but I'll keep that in mind. You know, summer is when I typically... When there aren't as many sports on, I feel like it's easier for me to watch through a show consistently, but you just have baseball going. Right. So, all right. Well, Rachel, I had a lot of fun today. Uh, This is going to be a fun one to edit through and uh, have it posted up a little later on. Thank you so much for joining me today. I had a lot of fun. Of course. It was a blast. It's always a pleasure talking with you, and I love being able to continuously get asked to record with you so it's always a great time and uh we'll probably have to do it again after the super bowl 
Yeah, yeah. Maybe once we get close to the end of the Bachelor season. Exactly, exactly. Maybe Celebrity Big Brother ending. Well, that should be all around the same time. We can figure something out. Yeah, we'll put it together. And there'll be some spring training talk. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. Always great to have you. You're always welcome back. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate <laughs> it. I can't wait to be back. So that's it for my conversation with Reality Rachel Gerhart. Had a great time talking Everything from football to reality TV, a little bit of Cubs in there, lots of fun, great time of year. If you like what you heard today and you would like to hear more from this podcast, go ahead and subscribe to Press On Sports on iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, whether it be Spotify or Stitcher or wherever it is. We also have a YouTube channel, Press On Sports on YouTube. Go ahead and subscribe. You'll never miss an episode. Thank you so much for listening. Give us a review on iTunes. We could very much benefit from that. As I noted on the last podcast, I'm going to be going into surgery in about two weeks from now. So I'm going to have to take a little bit of a break from podcasting, but I will be back sometime in March, hopefully. So that'll be around mid-February. I'll probably record something after the Super Bowl, and then you might not hear from me for a little while. But I'm going to be okay, so don't worry. (laughs) I'm going to feel a lot better. My body's going to feel a lot better. So thank you so much for listening to the podcast. You can also get in touch with me on Twitter. That is at TheJackVita on Twitter. Go ahead, follow, give me a follow, tweet me your thoughts. I love to hear what you guys think of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. That's it for today's show. Bring in the Dancing Lobsters.